after weeks of lockdowns, of live stream services, of telephone calls, Zoom, WhatsApp, technology. For Easter Day, we were able to meet in person. And I'll be honest, I was excited. And it was my opportunity to celebrate an Easter Eucharist with a congregation. It was wonderful. So what you're going to hear is my Easter sermon, plus my welcome, and also the blessing. This is Easter 2021 from St. Mary's Dis in person. You are listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Path with your preacher Samuel S. Thorpe. Good morning and welcome to our Easter service here in St. Mary's Dis. I can't say with words how wonderful it is to see so many other people here in this building with us this morning. A very warm Easter greeting to each and every one of you, and also to anyone who is watching along at home. Thank you for taking the time to bring ourselves together to remember our Lord Jesus Christ, who for our sakes died. And on this day, we remember his most glorious resurrection. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb for terror and amazement had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. May I speak in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. It is joyful to be together here for Easter, to celebrate the resurrection 
of the one who was slain upon the cross. Easter is a time of celebration and a time of joy. But we should not be too hasty to get lost in our happiness that Holy Week is over, that the difficulties have passed, as if we can somehow forget about them. For the risen Lord is the same Lord who was indeed crucified. Why am I saying let's slow down? Well, because we've just heard in Mark the response of those first witnesses to the message of, well, it says the man dressed in white, but you know me, the message of the angel testifying to the resurrection of Jesus. And the woman's response was not, oh, yay. Actually, it was rather more disturbed. They were alarmed that the stone had been rolled away. He spoke to them, and they were terrified and amazed. This is not the kind of amazement we have when we walk past a baker's and see a particularly fine bun or a wonderful cake, though they can be pretty amazing. No, this is the amazement which has people transfixed, overwhelmed. Because here, in this testimony of the two women who have gone to the tomb to prepare Jesus' body for his peaceful rest, we have the encounter of a startling and radical reality. A man that was dead, hung upon a cross with nails through his hands and feet and a spear through his side, who was most definitely, definitely dead is now alive? What could this mean? There's a sense here which goes back to this feeling of encounters that people have had with God throughout the scriptures. We see it with Moses in the burning bush. As soon as he realized that God is present, he throws himself on the ground. There's a fear that he might die. It's the same when it comes to the Israelites at the mountain of God and the giving of the law. They send Moses up to speak to God on their behalf because they're afraid that if they get too close to this reality of God, that that might be it for them. I wonder how we feel when we think about approaching the reality of God. Is it something that we say we're pleased about? Because we can gather again together and we can do what is usual and familiar and comforting. Or is it something which changes our lives? The last year doesn't need any real commentary from me. You've all lived through it. But what I have been disappointed about in general, when I read the news and I listen to people's responses, has been that in the face of a pandemic, in the face of a reality of danger to one another and ourselves, the response seems not really to have been to focus on what it means to die. Rather, it has been about holding death at arm's length, at keeping it away, which is understandable and right for keeping ourselves safe and those we love. But the risen Lord is the crucified Lord. There is no salvation 
that does not come through the cross. And so for us to take this Easter message to heart, we have to somehow pass through this sense of fear and terror that the women felt when they encountered the angel. We have to somehow pass through into amazement, but not just transfixed amazement, but into appreciation and enjoyment. And so I invite you throughout the rest of this service to reflect on your own lives and your own response to the pandemic of the last year. It's not to criticize anyone for self-isolating or staying at home. That has been the right thing for us to do. It's not about our physical actions, but about the mental acceptance that we are all, each day, one day closer to dying. Whether that comes from COVID, whether it comes from cancer, whether it comes for a fluke accident, being hit by a bus or a car in the street. Our mortality is at the center of the gospel message because the God whom we have revealed to us is the God who on Good Friday died for us. Indeed, in our baptism, we realize that he died not just instead of us, but in a sense, with us. He did not just die the death of Jesus. He died the death of each of us by name. So that our sins, those regrets from 20 years ago that still haunt us on those moments where the fleeting thought pops in, our sins where we look at our families and those that we don't really talk to anymore or who we actively do not talk to, those sins where we say someone else can deal with that, I'm not bothered. The impact of sin on each of our lives was nailed to that cross for us. And it's only by confessing our sins and looking at our weaknesses that we find Jesus is there with us in our weaknesses, offering out his hand of friendship to say, come with me through the consequences of sin into a new life. The Gospel of Mark, we've heard the first eight verses of chapter 16. And there's a shorter ending and a longer ending, a topic for another talk entirely. But in the shorter ending, it summarizes what happens next by saying that Jesus sent out disciples through Peter to proclaim the sacred and imperishable gospel, the proclamation of eternal salvation. Eternal salvation. Now that means two things. One, that we who believe in Jesus, who accept his grace that has been extended to us on the cross and promised in his resurrection, we too can endure beyond death to live eternally in the love of God. But it means a second thing, that in the life of Jesus, God becoming human, one of us and amongst us, in the death of Jesus, dying for us and with us on the cross, and in the resurrection of Jesus, 
establishing all that he has completed, all that he has done. This has been done eternally. It's not just a change to the humanity of Jesus' body, now to live forever without dying. There is a fundamental commitment in the inner heart of God himself that says, I love you. Yes, you. And I will never leave you nor forsake you. Follow me. Take up your cross. For my burden is easy and my yoke is light. The eternal salvation we have is not just life beyond the death, but it's the eternal decision of God to bless us who are sinners, who are frail, who are weak in so many different ways. And acknowledging our weaknesses and acknowledging our mortality, we encounter the promise that has been so long awaited for that we heard in Isaiah. But on this day, people will come from east and west to gather at the mountain of the Lord, and he will provide a feast which is so rich with the best food and the best wine. And the best food and the best wine that we have today is his body and blood present to us in the Eucharist by the presence of his Holy Spirit. And so this day, as you reflect on your own mortality and your own sin, do not be tempted to despair and remain there. Journey through the terror into amazement and come through the amazement into the eternal salvation of Christ, which he has won for you. In a short while, we shall be reaffirming our baptismal vows and then afterwards, I will be coming to you with the body of Christ in the bread of the church to give you that taste of God's heavenly feast, which has been promised for us in the resurrection of his dearly beloved Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. God the Father, by whose glory Christ was raised from the dead, strengthen you to walk with him in his risen life. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.